Hey everyone, this is Craig, and my apologies right up front. I just got a filling done, so if I sound more ridiculous than normal, that is why. But I wanted to mention that since the time of this recording, we have actually started a brand new Facebook page. So you can go and find us still at the Front Row Network, of course, but then also look for Beyond the Mouse. And this is going to be more like a Disney fan community that we're building. And a good way to grow the show, this particular show, because as I mentioned in the, the beginning, beginning of this episode, we do have our own feed on iTunes now, which allows us to reach a more broader Disney audience in addition to those that like the Front Row Network. So um, what I'd love you to do is if you're listening to this, first of all, thank you so much for listening, but also go on and like our Beyond the Mouse Facebook page and then uh, go on and subscribe to the Beyond the Mouse feed or give us a rating on iTunes because that makes a huge difference when it talks about visibility and spreading the word to other Disney fans. Um, we've been doing all these bonus episodes throughout the summer and we really love to continue to do that. In fact, we are toying with some new ideas and new topics and hope to have some uh, really fun news coming up here in the, the relatively near future. But I won't keep you very long. Just wanted to mention, go out there and like that Facebook page, Beyond the Mouse, and then also go check us out on iTunes as well. Last second pitch next Wednesday, September 19th, Springfield, Illinois. We are showing our second front row flick at the Hoagland Center for the Arts. So go check out North by Northwest. Uh, Brandon is going to be kind of taking charge of this one. Jeremy will be moderating. And it just will be an awesome, it's almost like the precursor uh, James Bond type film done by Hitchcock and uh, Cary Grant's fabulous in it. Just go check out North by Northwest. And thank you again for letting us just talk Disney on this particular show on this network uh we we couldn't do it without you and we really appreciate the support let us know any other topics or anything you'd love to hear discussed and with that on with the show i only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a month Well, hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Front Row Network, the podcast for people who actually like movies. Brett, you could totally open that bottle. It's totally fine. <laughs> Sorry. It's Mountain Dew. Did you guess? <laughs> <laughs> I am Craig, and so excited to bring another episode of Beyond the Mouse to you, our Disney-themed podcast, where we talk all things Disney, including the parks, the movies, the people, the places, the things, all the things. Always and forever. So I've got with me my two wonderful co-hosts, Brett Rutherford. Hi. And Vanessa Ferguson. How are you guys? Hello. Good, thanks. We're great. <laughs> Officially, all three of us <gasps> oh are. Oh, my gosh. We have a Disney trip in our future. That's I know. That's incredible. Yeah. That's like, I wonder... <laughs> Like, in our very near future. Yes, I that's, know. That's pretty incredible. None of us together, though, right? No, no, no. we all hate each other. Are we enablers? Do we enable? That is essentially what I think is happening. I vowed I would not be going again this year after going twice earlier this year. And now, look You're at me. You're a three-timer this, this year. This is my first time ever being a three-timer Oh, my gosh, I've never done that. Yeah, Welcome well, to the club. There we go. I've never been. <laughs> That's a good club. Ooh, a club, a club to join. Maybe Can I just somewhere. say, though, it's not like I'm going on long Disney vacations like mm. you guys are doing. Mine are like a day. Okay, I just paying a ton in airfare. Fair. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I get it. Okay. I get it. Mm-hmm. And joining us for the first time ever on the podcast, Nicole, how are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. So, um, 
if you've ever listened to us, you know the question that I will ask is, what is your favorite movie? Favorite movie in general is Meet Me in St. Louis. Nice. I'm still... A little salty. I wasn't on that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to see Brandon later tonight, and I will yell at him for you. But I was mentioned in it, so that's fine. My favorite Disney movie is Pollyanna. Oh, which I'm still salty hey. about that. Well. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> so when we mentioned that we needed to get Nicole on, because Nicole was part of the impetus for our summer series about planning a trip to Walt Disney World as well. And so I was saying that it'd be nice to have her on towards the end of the summer. And Brett and her were joking that we were going to do Pollyanna. It was and not that, a joke. And that, like, <laughs> you know, well, I assumed it was a joke. <laughs> oh, no. It's not. It's I, really, I know. It's, oh. I haven't yeah. seen it. I should you let you guys no? do a dish all about oh, it. Oh. You, you really you need just to run with it. Have you seen it? No. Have you seen Inside Out? <laughs> it's on my list. Okay. That's a good one. Yes. If I see Inside Out, will you watch Pollyanna? You can even borrow it from me. 100%. Absolutely. You can even borrow it from me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then we but can discuss Craig it. will not watch it until you watch Inside Out because this is, we're going on like, a lot of months. This is a situation where we ne- really need to remedy this, Brett, yes, I or know, we're going to have to have an intervention. Scared. I was too scared. I mean, please, it's Pixar. Those people can wear you out emotionally. <laughs> they really can. You've oh got to you've got to schedule some therapy uh, you know. sessions before you go it, you into know, that movie. Yes. I so, think just treat it like a band aid. Just yes. do it, watch it, get it over with. <laughs> okay. Well, I, yeah, I need to watch it. So, okay. Okay. So, you know, handshake and all that sort of thing. It's absolutely. On. Absolutely. <laughs> so, we are here to talk a lot about news and then some of our upcoming trips and then a wonderful movie that Nicole, it was Nicole's second choice to talk about. What was that? Aladdin. We are talking Aladdin today. So there's a ton to talk about, especially with the remake coming up. Uh, And so we will dive right into that. But before we do, I wanted to mention that we do have a brand new solo feed. So you can still find us at the Front Row Network feed on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, all those places. But now you can also subscribe specifically to Beyond the Mouse. One of the things I would love to have everyone do if you're listening is to go on there and at least give us a rating on iTunes or on Overcast or whatever because those ratings really help bump up our visibility, especially since we are flying solo a little bit now with our own feed. So it would be great to have some responses there. And as always, you can always find us on all of our social media. We'll go over all that at the end. But I wanted to mention that you can find us on our own separate feed on Beyond the Mouse. So... We've got a couple of news stories to get through. Uh, Just a bit of a disclaimer, a little behind the podcast here. We are about two weeks out from when this is going to drop. So if news changes or huge developments happen, uh, we may try to update those, especially on our social media. But for the time being, this is what we know about these news stories. And I'd love to have Vanessa read off our first story. Absolutely. Well, um, we're talking about the new streaming service. Of course, Disney's CEO Bob Iger is referring to it as Disney Play, and the service is geared as a rival to top competitors, mainly Netflix and Amazon. There is another app, though, called Play Disney, which is a mobile game that Disney Parks uh, visitors can play on their phones, so uh, don't get those too confused. It's unclear if these uh, names will remain the same or change, and details 
details about the streaming service are still scarce, including how much uh, monthly or potentially annually will be paying for that subscription. Iger has suggested the price will be far less than Netflix's $8.99 base fee, which is exciting. Iger has also suggested that the price point may change as Disney adds more original series and movies to the service. So hopefully, I think we're all hoping it's going to be uh, maybe $5 a month or, or something super affordable so we can just feed our addictions. Um, <laughs> some of the uh, previously announced uh, Greenlight projects include, though, live-action Star Wars series by John Favreau, love, high school musical series, A Clone War Season 7, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids remake. Bring back the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids yeah. section oh of Hollywood Studios, uh. please. Absolutely. I know we disagree so, there. But. A ton to talk about. We can almost spend an entire episode. And once we have the streaming service, we know a lot more about it. Once uh, Brett goes to D23 and gets all the information Drink. for us, uh, <laughs> yeah. then what we will do is we will make sure that we do like a full episode on everything that we know about it. But I, I wanted to spend some time and talk about it. We do have a name now, at least for the time being, Disney Play. Uh, they just released the Play Disney app for your in-park experience. So it does seem confusing. And I I doubt that the name will stay the, the same, um, but it's something that Bob Iger said. So you know, we we listen to the the man on top of the mountain that is Disney. So um, let's talk a little bit about this streaming service. It was controversial when it was announced because they're one of the first studios to kind of go off on their own and do a streaming service. Of course, they are more than just a studio; they are an entertainment conglomerate at this point. So, what are your thoughts in general first about the fact that we're getting a separate Disney streaming service? And we'll start with Brett. Actually. It was really interesting, um, and now it was been several years ago. Um, as uh, I guess, as a member of D twenty three, or I don't know, uh, I had um, I was uh, sent via email a really long and involved um, survey. Uh, it was an online survey, and actually. A, a portion of that um, was regarding streaming services and what we would be interested in, which I would be very interested in. I haven't heard it in uh, in regards with regards to the new streaming service, but I'm like, you know, the old school um, uh, Vault Disney on the mm-hmm. Disney Channel. I mean, they have, I mean, they have a vault of. Of, of entertainments that so many people would love to see again. And so I hope that happens. And I did note that in my um, online response, but it was, but that was about through four or five years ago. Honestly. Yeah. And I, I, I think that. it was probably even before they signed their major deal with Netflix. Oh, right? sure. Um, yes. I th- it might've been before Netflix. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Netflix has been around for a long, as a 16 year old boy, I had to hawk Netflix as one of the 12 different items we had to try to sell someone when we're selling a computer at Best Buy. So I know Netflix has been around for a long time um, because I was like, wait, they're, they're going to do what? They're going to mail you DVDs. This is an awful idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Lost that. Wow. IPO. Missed that one. <laughs> While I was working in my big box store that I never thought would close. Uh, wow. So, yeah. Mm. I could really see the future. Um, mm-hmm. Vanessa, how, what are your feelings about this particular streaming service in mm-hmm. general? Are you pro? Are you con? What oh, are you? Oh, I am so pro. Big time pro. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like Brad. I want to see the stuff from the vault. I've noticed that in the parks... 
they've been bringing out some of the nostalgic characters. Uh, the DuckTales characters mm-hmm. are really making a, a much bigger um, splash. Yes, splash, yeah, splash in the parks. <laughs> I know, um, like the Dino Land area in Animal Kingdom is much more DuckTales themed now than uh-huh. it, um, than. Well, maybe Donald's hosting a party that. this summer, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's really cool. And so I'm hoping that maybe we'll see some of those nostalgic shows on the streaming service, which I believe is going to come out later 2019, we think. Uh, you know, like, like we mentioned, the details are scarce, but I'm super excited for it. Mm-hmm. Nicole? I will admit, at first... Be, due to my pocketbook, I was like, I do not need another streaming mm-hmm, service. Sure. <laughs> Why can't we just keep it on the other ones? Yes. Um, but as my daughter gets older, I have a young daughter, um, I can just see the benefits because I'll probably be the only one we need because yeah. she kind mm-hmm. of monopolizes TV <laughs> well, time. So yeah. yeah, you might even have more adult choices than what what we may be thinking. Because right. keep in mind that they are owning a, a majority of Fox's products now. So. Um, you know, we might have a lot more movies. It, mm. it might be a lot more like Netflix than, than what we originally thought of it mm. maybe just being a family or kids streaming yeah. service. I think it's going to be much, much more like Netflix. And they're keeping the details uh, secret. I did see one site that said, and I, did, I went back and I tried to research this, that Iger's still saying it's going to be family friendly. So they're making the assumption that there's not going to be any rated R movies available on the streaming platform. But to me, that doesn't make a lick of sense um, because mm-hmm. you've still got, especially with the 21st Century Fox acquisition, it could be the case. Um, and yes, I totally get that we're being streamed to death, and like all of us are trying to run away from cable companies because they're charging you a million dollars for a thousand channels that all seemingly play the same shows over and over again. But I think that because Disney, in particular, is kind of a special media company that they own so many different properties that so many people are interested in, it makes sense that they would want to go out and make their own money with that. They're, they're set. I read that they're set to lose $300 million in revenue from the Netflix deal next year. So they are taking a risk here that people are going to switch over. But I do like that they're trying to be um, conscious of the cost. And maybe this makes it to where Netflix needs to realize that they can't continually increase their prices. Because now I think think I'm paying 10.99 a month for Netflix which you know seemingly isn't a ton but at the same time when you bring that up over uh, you've got other streaming platforms like Hulu for my money the original series and the movie contents on Amazon Prime is are better than Netflix uh, overall and that's something that comes in your Amazon Prime subscription so it, it's difficult to know like if I'm going to drop one of those three major ones or if I'm just going to say oh my goodness I got to go find five to seven dollars more a month or what you know what I'm going to do um, but I do like the option of having that I do think that everyone is going to have a streaming service soon and I'll tell you like the universal streaming service won't appeal to me, so I just won't buy it. You know, I think it, it provides a lot more choice and a lot more, like, a la carte nature to our media as opposed to, like, if you're the, somebody that's complaining about this as an item, I understand your concern as a parent because it's almost like you're forced to get it. But if you're just like, well, why are there so many streaming platforms? Well, you get choice that way. Like, you don't have to have HBO Go, and you don't have to have Showtime's app or whatever. You know, like, you can just pick what makes sense for for your entertainment dollar. So um, let's go around real quick and, and talk about some of the shows that they're talking about doing, uh, if anybody's interested in any of those. I am 
incredibly interested in what John Favreau is going to do with the Star Wars live action uh, series. They've they've booked it for at least ten episodes to start with, and they've given him a budget of a hundred million dollars. So they are really sinking some money into this. They want it to be good. John Favreau is the creator of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He did such a great job with Jungle Book. Lion King looks like it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really, really excited about that one in particular. But, but is there another property that you've heard of that, or any of the ones that we even listed that you're kind of interested in? Well, as mentioned, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> I was so sad when they took away the, um, the, the play area in Hollywood Studios because I never got to do it. And that's that's on me. That's on me. I know. But, because you um, never go to Hollywood Studios, so we got to get you if, into that. If they offered more, no, it's okay. Um, that was on me. But um, still, I have like a small glimmer of hope that maybe it, something they could bring something back um, for that for that show. Um, and I'm also with you, Craig. I love John Favreau. I, I was so shocked with how great Jungle Book was. I. I'm just like, I'll let him do anything at this point. I just think he's so talented. Have you had the chance to go back and watch it on Netflix? If you haven't, you definitely should. Jungle Book is really good. I'll put that on my list, too. You haven't seen that one yet, either? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, The voice acting is just incredible. Like, Scarlett Johansson (sighs) as Ka is like... Mm-hmm. Phenomenal! Like she's only uh, in, you know Christopher Walken as the giant that, orangutan. That is like the I understand, yes, <laughs> but the fact that it's Christopher Walken and it's very Christopher Walken <laughs> because that's what he does. Like that is the only moment of the movie where I was like, really? I got excited. This I was the like, way that, that we're going to go with this because I went in knowing nothing. Right? Uh-huh. I, I really didn't even care to see it, and then I went in and I was like, whoa! And then and then Christopher, I'm like, is that is it? It is. It's Christopher Walken. Like, he's, ah, oh, I just... Well, it's not Louis Prima, but you know. Right. It's, it's a totally different reimagining of a mob boss kind of type, so... I want to make sure. Is, was it Idris Elba that played Shere Khan? Yes. Okay. Oh, he oh, oh, that's my boyfriend. Oh, good. If he, if, <laughs> if he is a fan of this podcast... He subscribes. Please, know <laughs> that I send, just send me a will message. marry you. Absolutely. And, and I will leave everything behind for you, Idris Elba. You are so handsome, Probably and I love your voice. mention oh that God. she's married. Yeah, currently. You know, things can be worked out. What What is the list? That list of, you know. Yeah, Yeah, like on Friends. Yeah. He's in my five. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Nicole, anything that you'd be like, even if none of these necessarily excite you, is there like a Disney property that you think, oh my goodness, wouldn't this be great to see as a series? Well, Vanessa stole my answer with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because I love that as a child. And I think all the remakes have been spectacular. So at first you're like, oh, remake, but they proved themselves. Yeah, so. that's, that's kind of yeah. how I've, I've, I kind of go in kicking and screaming too. Like, ah, I don't want to remake. And then I go and I'm like, wow, wow, these are so good. That was good, yeah. I like that there's a diverse group of uh, things that they've already greenlit. Like, I never got into High School Musical, but I understand that a lot of people did, and maybe a new generation would get into a series of that. Um, you know, but it, it provides again different offerings that you don't have to like. If you don't want to watch High School Musical, don't watch it. You know, and then if no one watches it, no, they won't renew it. You know, that it's that kind of a thing. So I would probably watch High School Musical. Yeah, <laughs> <would too. laughs> Who's the I new Sharpay? Yeah. 
Um, I won't tell me. <laughs> Good thing I'll do it. Said it on a podcast. <laughs> no, um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm very excited to see new things, but since they have this, as I said, vault of Walt, mm-hmm. I really hope that they do that because there's an audience for that because they've been, you know, I mean, now for 50 plus years, they yeah. have, they have an audience that they have been gathering for all those years. And what was so good about the Vault of Wald, it was like on, you know, at 10 o'clock at night or so, you know, and so it's, it's the stuff that people, uh, that have been watching for those 50 years or less or more or whatever, you know, it's stuff that they would really enjoy because nostalgia is always, you know, a draw. It'd be kind of fun just to go back, and I've only seen a couple of episodes of The Wonderful World of Disney, and, and like, to be able just to see Walt in his own words take you through his vision of the parks and all this, like, just some really cool stuff that I think you could do a deep dive into, and um, you know, TCM does those, like, marathon days mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. where it's kind of, like, overnight, it seems like. Yeah, overnight, like, like, like 8, 8 p.m. any of them, unfortunately. But, but, uh, but, yeah, it would be very cool to see something yeah. like that. I think, you know, I, I think probably now that we're all adults, and if we watch those programs as children, then perhaps now our taste level is slightly more sophisticated. But I'm thinking that just the just from the um, you know nostalgia view, we would go, oh, that was so good. Let's watch it again. So hopefully. Well, we spent a lot of time on that story, so we're going to kind of rush through the next two stories. But, Vanessa, give us our second story. Yeah, so basically, um, if you were thinking about moving to Florida and living your dream of working at the Disney World Resort, um, good news, they are increasing the pay um, to $15 an hour. Um, That comes out of an agreement between Disney World Company and um, the uh, Service Trades Council Union. So um, that is some more good news. I know uh, I always look at the the people working at the resorts and thinking, oh, they must be there through a college program, as a lot of them are. But um, they do have people who work there locally. And so it's a dream. You hear good me, Disney? Them. It's a dream. Go ahead and hire me part-time. <laughs> I'm willing to come down and do that now. So <laughs> good for them. Um, that's that's my retirement plan for sure. Like just go work at like Port Orleans gift shop. Well, I've thought this out way too much. About <laughs> yeah. Like I decided that I wanted to be at a gift shop at a resort because yes, you would sell those crazy times when like the parks like let out or whatever. But rain. for the most rain, for the most part though, like you're kind of away from the madness. But then you can still probably get in as a cast member all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've thought this out. <laughs> I'm going to be that old man at Port Orleans in particular because I love that resort and I'm. I'm just going to throw on my Midwestern draw, and yes. people are going <laughs> to eat me up. Uh, I think that's great. That's a great plan. Because oh they, they have a lot of those um, cast members at um, the Grand Floridian. I think we sadly just lost one of our iconic mm-hmm. ones, but mm-hmm. that could be you, that could be you that could Greg be McFarland. You. You're yes. right. a new Commodore at um, at the Yachter Beach Club. You know, Absolutely. The Absolutely. Maybe that's my job. Hmm. But let's talk about, you know, obviously there's a nationwide movement to do this $15 an hour minimum wage. And uh, it's good that Disney has kind of relented in their uh, discussions with the union. What I will say, my one gripe about this is that it's being done on a step increase. So um, Disneyland, now California is a much different political environment than Florida. And Disneyland, they're going to $15 an hour starting January 1st of next year. Um, Disney World is taking this and basically doing like a dollar increase 
increase next year, a $2 increase in 2020, and then getting to $15 an hour. Now, the problem with that is that cost of living is going to go up in that time. So $15 an hour in 2021 is not $15 an hour in 2018. So that, that's my one gripe about this. I think it's good on the company that they're doing this because I think it'll encourage all other kind of theme park industries in that town to um, beef up their salaries as well. And uh, those cast members do a thankless job most of the time, and they definitely deserve this type of a wage. I just wish it was coming sooner. So mm-hmm. any addition, any thoughts? Um, just, just something else um, that we didn't mention was that um, the, the, these resort workers should also be getting a $1,000 um, cash bonus that just was delayed due to the union negotiations. But it seems like that is probably still going to be a go. So I, you know, just... I, I saw you roll your eyes a little bit, Brett. So you no, kind of, like did going, you follow that as well? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, the, you the know. whole thing. How, I'm just happy, as a I'm former just happy cast, for them. Were you unionized? Um... Uh, we were under a. I worked in entertainment, and we worked under a union contract that was not part of the service agreement. Okay. <laughs> we were teamsters, um, <laughs> which is rather strange given uh-huh. the work in entertainment. Right. But anyway, um, that's. I believe that since has changed, changed possibly. But but what's interesting when um, um, when I first started working at Walt Disney World in 1927. Um, <laughs> Um, it, my understanding was that they paid higher than minimum wage because of the distance that you had to travel from Orlando. Um, really, Kissimmee was about the closest sort of uh, area as far as um, as for housing and that sort of thing. There okay. wasn't everything wasn't built up as much as it is now. But that was why we were we were told we were paid more than minimum, be, um, and also we were in entertainment, so we got a little bit more too. Anyway, but. Uh, but yeah, that it paid because of because of the travel we had to take, which now is not necessarily. Yeah, the that's case. that's really interesting because um, last time I was there, I just have noticed so much construction. Uh-huh. Around, I mean, Orlando itself is just expanding, but but housing alone is just like you see all these um, apartment areas and townhomes and condos, and they're just popping up everywhere. But they were seriously. Uh, affected by the economic downturn in 2008 and 9. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. And, you know, anyway. like, but from um, from a former cast member perspective, like, do you, like you've done the work of a cast member. Do you feel like this is a fair wage? Do you also have the same feeling as me that it needs it needs to happen sooner rather than later? What are your thoughts on that particular? I would say, as a person who may or may not um, be a commodore, at, uh, at, the, at <laughs> you're at looking the, out for your future yes, job <laughs> as, at the beach club or yacht club. I will. Um, just refrain from giving any more personal <laughs> opinions um, and just be happy for all of them. Okay, fair enough. Nicole, what are your thoughts on all of this? Do you have any additional? I think you guys have said it pretty well. Um, I agree with you, Craig, that it should probably be sooner than later. Sooner than later, yeah. And I, I do um, – We, I saw um, there was mention of the $1,000 bonus. That's another thing that was a little like – Groaner a bit. I mean, I love Disney. I do, but and at their heart, they are still a corporation. They are still a business. They're trying to make money. I understand from that side of things. I am a shareholder of Disney, so. But at the same time, like, Me too. if you, um, they announced this thousand uh, dollar raise or, or not raise bonus when the tax cut had been passed last year, and then when they started to get into these union negotiations. I think as a tactic to try to 
speed up the negotiations. They said, oh, we have to delay them until the negotiations are done. So all these people were promised $1,000, and then it was, it's been delayed for months now. And, you know, like, I'm thinking, like, those, those cast members are probably, like, in their mind, that $1,000 is already spent. So it's like, just mm-hmm. pay them the money you said you were going to pay them. You got a nice PR boost out of that uh, by saying you were going to give this money away. So just do it. Just do it. Um, that way I don't have to feel like my my little uh, my little bleeding heart doesn't have to feel so bad for these <laughs> workers every now and then. So, but anyway, we'll go ahead and move on to our last final news story, which uh, was the artist point. Uh, as uh, Brett loves so much, um, it is a dining uh, location in Disney's Wilderness Lodge. It is going to be expanding to a character dining experience. Um, storybook dining at Artist Point will invite guests to venture into an, an enchanted forest-like setting inspired by Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. There, you'll enjoy a delicious meal of fantastic fare with visits from Snow White, Dopey, and Grumpy. There will also be delightful music and activities, which will bring the classic fairy tale to life, and you'll have an, an opportunity to encounter <gasps> the evil queen. Just a word of a wise, uh, don't order the apple. <laughs> Especially if she if is the one she delivers them. She's ser- <laughs> serving them. Um, but you can have gooseberry pie. Yeah. Now, this is going to, I think. I love what, all of you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great to be able to get to nerd out with all of you. I don't, I'm curious to hear what Brett thinks about the prefix menu that um, they're going to have. Um, Brett, why don't you tell us a little still, bit about your I am experience? still in my, you know, stages of sadness and denial and all of that because the only thing that would, the glimmer of hope that I hope to see is that it moves from um, a two uh, credit signature restaurant to a one credit. And then <laughs> that makes Good luck me with that. happy. <laughs> well, their other, other character dining experiences are not two credits. Except for Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella. Cinderella. Yes, but the other, but the other resort restaurants are all one credit. That's true. Aha, aha. So there. Um, But yes. So in my in my travels in 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 a month or so, I had already made my um, my reservations for Artist Point to have either their salmon, their signature um, cedar plank salmon, and the very delicious. Seasonal berry cobbler. It's so sad. And um, um, so I will be having at least one version. I will be taking two of my credits. Yeah, I decided to do that anyway. And oh, go you once. For the I think plan. I'm going to, well, yes. Look, anyway, and yeah. You. And uh, but I, I part of it was I was not going to because I could not make reservations for Artist Point. So I think that they they had um, they I think they were waiting to see when they were going to roll this out. Oh, okay. Um, but then suddenly they became the traditional Artist Point became available. So I will eat my blue my you, my seasonal berry know, cobbler. You don't know that that berry cobbler is going away. I don't know, and the mushroom soup. Oh my gosh! I don't. You don't. Please know. move on. I have to have a moment. <laughs> oh my goodness! I think it's a great option to have <laughs> my mushroom soup. My go away. <laughs> Everything about this is so great. You're <laughs> saturating my shoulder. I'm, I'm still grieving. Please Give me some refrain. time. 
Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see <laughs> Snow White embraced uh, more in the parks. And, you know, I because think so, too. And the Halloween party, oh. the dwarves are always the first thing that you have to start waiting in line for okay. because it's busy all night long. And now we have a place that we can go see Dopey and Grumpy. And that's where it all started. Oh, I'm See, feeling you're good. coming around. You're coming around. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. What, what do you guys think? What do you think? <laughs> oh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, as someone who, I'm planning a trip for much further down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and not I'm that trying, much further? Not, not, yeah, not that much further. I'm trying to sort out which character meals to go to, and there's so many to choose from. But this one appeals to me because my daughter is a big fan of villains. <laughs> so yes. she would probably absolutely love this. <gasps> a absolutely. villain dinner. Oh, there's so many options. She would okay. There ought to be a villain fifth gate. I'm just saying. Like, that, there's so much you can do with villains that are mm-hmm. not done in the parts currently. Someone's been listening to the Disney Dads podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Love you, Justin. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I agree that, like, I think this is a cool option for that and like Vanessa said I don't know if they're going to have all seven dwarves all the time I think like they, they just said just the two just the two the, uh, okay. Grumpy and Dopey which well, how they could do it weekly I mean there's seven of them I'm like <laughs> right. going Mix they can up. have a day off you know they can just come on over you know Tuesdays with Grumpy, no, and Wednesdays with happy. Actually, Thursdays would be happy because that's payday for everyone. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe, I don't know, by Friday you're sleepy or? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like going, of course, I'd be dopey every day, but anyway, Sunday, never mind. Sunday morning you need the doc because of the hangover, huh. you know, all that. Oh, um, my. But I think it's cool to have another character <laughs> dining experience. Is this something that, like, so if this is an option in 2019 for you? Would you look to book it? I think so, just for the villain aspect. And you would have never had this restaurant necessarily no, on your radar. No, I didn't before. have it on my radar at all. So you're like the prime um, target uh-huh. audience for this because you're I a am. parent who might switch their mind up because of this option. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk because you know, yeah, the um, if you're wanting characters and um, and. And uh, excuse me, the the villains. Mm-hmm. Um, if you spend if you spend a wonderful evening at nineteen hundred Park Fair, uh, That's with list. yes, with mm-hmm. um, with Madame Tremaine and Drizella and Anastasia, it is exciting and fun. That's one that I've always wanted to do. Like, it is. Yeah. So it is like. I'm so impressed by them. I'm so impressed. I've so had, funny. Yes, I've had wonderful encounters with all of them. So, so I just want to spend uh, a minute here, not a minute probably like eight minutes, but talking about our upcoming trips and then we will get right into Aladdin. So, uh, I'm, I guess I'm going to go first. Uh, and I'm up soon. I'm up soon, especially by the time this drops, we're going to be very close to being, uh, in, in Disney world. And I am just so excited for it. I'm so excited to take my son for the first time. I'm so excited just to be back there because I haven't been there for a long trip since like 2015 or 2016. I don't, I don't remember. I guess it would have been uh, no, it would have been 2015 before yeah. uh, he was born. So yeah, so it's been it's been a minute, and I'm excited. I can't wait. I've got all the fast passes ready. I've got all that ready. But as uh, discussed with Mary Kate and Jake and our taking a child to Disney World trip, I understand that if none of that happens, it will still be a great trip. Like uh, I have planned everything out, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to roll with it, and I cannot wait to be there. I, I think I'm. The most excited for Royal Table is a big deal. I'm excited for Cinderella's Royal Table. I haven't been there since I was a kid, and I barely remember it. I also dreamt a 
trip to Walt Disney World, so I don't know if I've really ever been there. I dreamt a trip to <laughs> true story. I dreamt a trip to Walt Disney World, and I was talking to my mom about it at my graduation party for high school, and she was like, "We didn't go then." <laughs> I had thought I went for I don't know twelve years. The power of the imagination. The, they yeah. say that like as you sleep, like you can uh, was the astro traveling. Maybe just astro projection. That's right. You traveled. Mm-hmm. That's right. In, uh, that's safe. right. So I, I'm also just excited to see some of the new things. Um, Pandora is really exciting for me. Just seeing Animal Kingdom at night is really exciting. And I think I'm also pumped about Art of Animation and staying there in the Finding Nemo suite. So it'll be really cool. <laughs> I, be really I'm cool. loving everything you're saying. Yeah. So I am so excited for all of that stuff. Um, but Brett, or no, no, actually, no Vanessa, Vanessa will be next. next. You yeah. snuck in there. Unexpectedly. Was not, it's really funny because I, I really said um, I wasn't going to go. I've been to <laughs> Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party for the past, oh gosh, how many years? Is it three, four? Three, four. Is this my four, fifth? I, this I don't even know. Okay. I don't even know. But I've been every year for the past few years. And I was like, that's it. We're not going this year. That's it. Well, then um, my mom actually was the one who was like, this is so sad. She's like, it just doesn't feel like Halloween unless we go. I was like, do not mess Heck with yeah, me. Heck yeah, Karen. Do not mess Get with it. me, Care Care. So Care Care <laughs> wants to go, and we're having a very leisurely trip. So I'll be doing more non-park things, um, like the tea room at the Grand Floridian. Where we took your advice, Craig, and we're going to Raglan Road. Yes. Um, you know, those kinds of things. So we're very excited to have a relaxing trip. We will do Mickey's Not So Scary and a day at Food and Wine. Um, so looking forward to that. What about you, Brett? You'll be the next one. I'm next. This is like super crazy wonderful that we're all doing this. We have so much to talk to talk about afterwards. I know. Our November episode yeah, is going to be awesome. Long. Okay. Just tune in um, for that. Well, when we are recording this wonderful podcast, I am less than 24 hours away from my, my, uh, my Fast Pass Plus Choose morning. Choosing, I get to choose tomorrow. I get to choose tomorrow morning at six o'clock Central Time. I'm very excited. So yeah, so that I'm excited about all the things that were mentioned here. This it just so happened that my vacation is going to coincide with the last. Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party on October 31st. And Hanson's performance at Food and Wine, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you'll make. Oh, yes, time I'm doing for. that for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing they, that for they you. They have a beer called Mops. It's actually pretty lackluster, but I mean, it's from Hanson, so <laughs> maybe that'll be there. You can have that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Vanessa. Yes, that's certainly on my list of things. Um, but then I'm so I'm staying um, October 31st. I'm going to the very last Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party, and I am going to be leaving on November 9th, one day before my birthday, hence the extended stay, so I can attend the very first uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas party on uh, on this excuse me on November 8th. So wow. I'm going to see the transformation. So, in fact, I am going to leave Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and go home and sleep and then come back the next day, even though there are so many things that I still want to do. I'm going to go back the next day and see the transformation of Main Street into the holiday, Christmas holiday You'll season. You'll have to, like, jump on our feed and just do, like, a live, like, walkthrough of I'm Main Street. I'm going to do it all, baby. That, so. I'm doing it all. Yeah, that's, that's Happy awesome. holidays. I will be bleeding... 
black, or excuse me, black and orange, and then red and green. That's right. That's right. So, Nicole, you have jumped into planning. You are super pumped, but you're planning for maybe next summer-ish, mm-hmm. late spring, early summer. What are you most excited about, and where do you think you might end up staying? Like, all that stuff. Like, where? what are you thinking? Well, we are definitely staying in a preferred room for Pop. Oh, cool. That's have, awesome. That's sealed. We're changing our dates. We were supposed to go mid-May, but life... So now we're going summer, which I've actually, all my research says that it's not as bad as it used to be. Right. Just going to be hot. Um, So yeah, we're going to do sometime in the summer. Haven't decided when. I'm really just excited for my daughter to meet the characters. Um, I've actually only ever been, it's kind of embarrassing, no, not to Magic Kingdom. Oh, and my husband awesome. has okay. been to none of it. So. Oh, that's such a cool experience. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. So gonna it's it. going to be awesome. <laughs> um he knows nothing about it, and he really doesn't have any interest in helping me plan, so it's kind of fun. He will be like, okay. he'll be like a, another co-host after you guys get back. He, <laughs> I, if I know John well enough, he will love every second mm-hmm. about it, and then he'll be like closeted sure. about the fact that he loved every second about it, but he'll be like listening to every podcast and listening to, yeah. Just absolutely. like Hamilton with him and Hamilton. <laughs> I know. I'm talking about that. Yeah. But, so, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm excited about, we're doing the dining plan. We're going to do all the character meals. We're going to meet the characters. Um, I'm just excited to have that. Is see exciting. That is exciting. That's yeah. awesome. What a cool amount of time we got oh coming up. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. So incredible. exciting. So, uh, we'll come right back and we will talk about Aladdin. Coming September 19th, Front Row Flicks returns. Fresh off the great success of our inaugural screening of Raiders of the Lost Ark, we are proud to present the Alfred Hitchcock classic, North by Northwest. I'm an advertising man, not a red herring. I've got a job, a secretary, a mother, two ex-wives, and several bartenders dependent upon me. And I don't intend to disappoint them all by getting myself slightly killed. Cary Grant becomes a secret agent against his will. Propelled at gunpoint onto the highest level of international intrigue. And framed for murder. Cary Grant, running for his life, searching for a man who doesn't exist. And a secret nobody knows. And finding a blonde who has all the answers. Hello there. Tell me, why are you so good to me? Shall I climb up and tell you why? At breakneck speed, they race together toward the excitement that lies dead ahead, north by northwest. Pre-show activities begin at 6.30 with the film showing at 7 and the podcast recording to follow. For tickets and more information, go to hcfda.org. Right? Yeah. Can I? Oh, can that's I make, what that is. I love that. Like it's like my favorite. It's like my favorite little bit of Disney. Uh, I love that absolutely, and I love that we're talking about Aladdin today. We're going back to the Eisner era, to the Jeffrey Katzenberg era, and we are going to talk about one of the greatest films in the '90s, kind of in the middle of that Disney Renaissance. After Little Mermaid and uh, Beauty and the Beast, but before Lion King, you know, just wonderful, wonderful film, and I can't wait to talk all about it with all of you. So what we're going to do is go around and talk our first impressions, and we get to start with our guest of honor, Nicole. What what is, like, so tell me about the first time you saw this movie or, like, how it affected you as a kid, What, how many times you watched it, anything you want to go with there, and what are your first thoughts about the film? 
Well, this is the first movie I remember seeing in the theater. Um, and this is funny. I went with a friend of mine when we were younger. It's when you could just drop your kids off at the movies. And uh, there were some loud teenagers behind us. And I was, I don't remember how old I was, but I would turn around and go, shh, shh. Like a crazy old lady. Aladdin is on. But I just, and then as soon as it came out on VHS, I'm aging myself here, I purchased it, watched it over and over and over again. It's just hilarious. Loved it. There was something about that. VHS case that oh, yeah. Disney did. Oh, yeah. The different, yeah, the different case from everyone else because, of course, they had to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just was, like, fun, like, grabbing one of those and putting it in your <laughs> oh, VCR and, and the rewinding logo. it, blah, 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 like, mm-hmm. oh, da, 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 You're right, you're right, you're right. So, All the different keys, but you get it. So, Vanessa, talk to me about your first uh, thoughts on Aladdin. Well, um, this will show my age. Um, I also had it on VHS. I, I I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I remember loving it so much so that when it was time for me to go to kindergarten, I I still have my Aladdin beach towel that we all had. To, we all had to have beach towel Aww. for nap time. So <laughs> mine was Aladdin. I was so excited about it. They didn't just let you have blankets. No, <laughs> I got the woods. Towel. Okay, like all we got was a towel. So and I you were lucky to have that. You know, <laughs> it's a little frayed, but I still have it. I remember too. Uh, we would go to our uh, local grocery store and they would have the hoagie rolls and I would like dad get me hoagie rolls <laughs> and then I would sit on my parents uh, rug and I'd pull up the, the edge of it with my hoagie roll and I'm pretending to be Aladdin like, I got my awesome. hoagie yeah. I can picture it Aww. yeah so definitely one yeah, of my favorites I love Jasmine I love Raja I had the little Jasmine piggy bank with Raja so Definitely one of my favorites. What about you, Brett? Me? Well, actually, I was a cast member um, oh, at yeah. Walt Disney World during that time. Um, let's see. So I was a kid at heart and uh, saw it with my friend uh, Maureen. Shout out to Maureen. Hello. And uh, yeah, and we saw it uh, then. Probably it was called Pleasure Island 12. <laughs> anyway, the AMC Theater. Probably used to, I don't know if I used to cast this account or not. Anyway, that's beside the point. The film. What I really liked, my first impression, um, it was finally, you know, a guy's film. <laughs> I don't know. They're all for everyone. But I'm like, going, this, was, this had an appeal to, um, well, to everyone. But it was kind of more, um, it was a boy's film, too. Yeah. You know? Right. So. Absolutely yeah. trying so to draw anyway, us all Yes. In. So I watched it at Pleasure Island 12 or 24 or whatever it was then. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But it was Pleasure Island. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember this this one because uh, I had seen Beauty and the Beast in theater. That was my first. And then after that, I'm sure that my dad took me to this one as well. And it's just one of those movies that, like, uh, it's really truly captures that adventure genre in a way that even the predecessors to it, like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, didn't. For me, at least. I mean, I know that there's a lot of action, and there's, you know, of course, the mob scene that's wonderful and stuff like this. But this is like a thrilling adventure in the the way of, like, an Indiana Jones kind of a film. And I really ate that up, and I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's What's surprising, though, is as I've grown older, it's become the one that I probably watch the least out of those. Because I've went back and I've watched a lot of Little Mermaid just, like, kind of 
especially as like a, someone that's pseudo into Disney history, trying to watch and see how that movie became what it became. Uh, and then, of course, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, my wife, it's one of her favorite films. It's one of my favorite films. We watch it all the time. Uh, and then Lion King. Just with my son, we are constantly watching Lion King. So it's it's the one that almost, in a way, is a bit forgotten for me. Um, I had to go back and rewatch uh, some clips and some scenes in particular. It's it's hard to find on streaming right now, which is also a bummer. So bring on Disney Play because <laughs> I want to be able to see it. Um, but yeah, I I really thoroughly enjoy this movie and have learned a decent amount more about it just in. Uh, listening to or reading through Robin Williams' biography as well. And just what what an incredible character and a way to marry the comedian of our generation, uh, well, many people's generations, to uh, animation in just such a great way. So I'm really excited to talk about the film. But And usually we break down like different actors and things like that. And I do want to hit on particularly Robin Williams. But I also want to just talk about some of the favorite scenes that we had. And again, I'll start with Nicole. What's one of your favorite musical numbers, scenes, anything? And then we'll just kind of go from there. I really love the, it's not the opening, but the song with Aladdin when he's one step. One jump. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. I listen. I was listening to the music as I was driving this morning, and I meant to listen to a lot more, but I just kept hitting that song back, <laughs> and back, and back. And it's just great. It's just fun, and it reminds you. I'm glad that there's a Broadway version of this because it feels so Broadway, and. I just love that song. Yeah. Love uh, that scene. Of course, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken uh, both worked on this uh, score together. And at this point, uh, Howard Ashman had passed away, right? Or um, I, I think he passed during... Beauty and the Beast. During, uh, during production. No, no, during production of Aladdin. Because yeah. there were, there were songs Aladdin. that didn't make the cut, like proud of your boy. I guess that was one of Ashman's favorite. And actually, I, I give all the credit to Brett for letting me watch his <laughs> DVD because I went on the behind-the-scenes uh, uh, features. And to hear them talk about Ashman and this song, they were so upset to cut it. Um, and they're, they're actually crying oh, <laughs> and to, because they're just... They were so connected to this song and Ashman, so it was really hard for them to cut it. But in the end, it just didn't fit with the story. Um, but I, from what I've read about Ashman, I mean, he was probably very frail during the time of writing this. So to even write songs like, I think it was One Jump, and, and, and there's one more song in this film um, that made it, or maybe two more. Um, to have him even create these great songs. They're so great to be as sick as he was. I mean, wow, what a true talent. Well, they're um, such a life affirmation. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, And then also, you know, give credit to Tim Rice, who was able to come in and help with mm-hmm. those final lyrics um, that Menken needed help with um, when Ashman couldn't. So, you know, just a great piece of film um, to still have with, with those collaborating. Absolutely. I was, um, as they say on the Twitter, I was today years old when I found out that Steve from Full House is Aladdin. Oh, uh, oh I my had goodness. no idea. Yeah. Oh, I had yeah. no idea. And we're going to talk about the remake uh, in a little bit and why I'm excited for those live action remakes in particular. Uh, one of them being that a white guy from Full House was Aladdin. Um, but <laughs> well. he does a great job. He does a great he does, job. Yeah. He does a really yeah. great job. Well, and again, I didn't know. It's a revisionist view a little bit. Yeah, and we right. have to mm-hmm. be careful yeah. of that because it's, it's just a little, it, it's different. It's, it's The industry different. is completely 
different you know? than it was 25 whatever years well, ago. Well, Robin so. Williams may not have been, you know, mm-hmm. the genie. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't even supposed to be the genie. Like, the, the way they designed the genie was actually based on more like um, Jazz and, and Fats Waller and those kinds of characters. And then when Robin came in, he was so incredibly talented that they completely reworked how they viewed the genie to just match his improvisations. Um, that's kind of how the character came about. Yeah. Good decision. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Ron Clements and John Musker. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that you have to do when you have uh, Robin Williams for sure. But uh, going back to the basically, I mean, it's not the opening song. There's kind of that narrative song that leads you into the film. Right. But this is really the true look at Aladdin the first time. I totally agree with you. It's like so great. And uh, it was also one of the best levels on the Super Nintendo video game. I absolutely <laughs> yes. that level. Oh, yes. uh, trying That's to like favorite. pick up the pick up the beetle and the apples and, <laughs> and throwing those at your villains and stuff like that. I absolutely loved it. And uh, it's a really cool way to explore the city as well. Mm-hmm as a set mm-hmm. piece like you uh to that point so we had little mermaid where of course like her world the whole world was this small area of the ocean and we had beauty and the beast which primarily took place in the castle but this really expanded that set piece to an entire city now granted bell did that as well i totally get that my i it's might okay. be just it's completely off base but i i thought that this gave you much more of a um round look at all of Agrabah as opposed to mm-hmm. just a small area of it. And I thought that was a pretty cool way to do it. I agree. Mm-hmm. And to introduce the character. Um, other scenes that uh, Vanessa will talk to you, what, what are some of the scenes that might lead us in to talk to some of the, about the other characters? Well, you know, I'll kind of go off the, the beaten path here because um, obviously you always remember Robin Williams and all his great work in the film, but I've kind of forgotten how funny Gilbert Gottfried is in mm-hmm. this film um, and how he too, his animation was based on his uh, body language. When he, like when he's doing stand-up, he paces, so Iago paces. Mm-hmm. And I love the hesitation in his line delivery. Oh, I mean, you, yeah. could, you could very easily, if you were given a script, just read the lines. But he reads them as himself, which is just... So I forgot how funny. And I love how they, they make him a likable character, yeah, um, which completely. is great because he came back in the sequels. But um, that, One that's... of the only to come back in the sequels. Yeah. yeah so I, I just was re-watching like, with fresh eyes. I'm like, oh, man... He did a really good job with his voice acting. So there you go. I love to go down that hole of like trying to figure out who was up for the role before the person ultimately got it. Mm. And that role, Danny DeVito or Joe Pesci, were the options, uh, some of the options other than Gilbert Gottfried. Mm-hmm. And I can't see either of them really mm-hmm. delivering that mm-hmm. in such Danny a way. Danny DeVito got um, his gig a little bit later. Absolutely. Yeah. And he did a great job. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's cool to be able to see like how the pieces ended up fitting and all that. So I really really enjoyed. I totally agree that Iago helps to make that story, um, I don't know, just a little bit more lighthearted than like this murderous villain that is Jafar. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's the lighter side. Yeah. Right. Anyway. <laughs> which I'm, which I'm kind of sad about because again, on the extra features, you find out that uh, Jafar had this really kind of fun, campy song that probably would have made him a more likable character, not so creep factor times 100. Um, so that's that's kind of fun to go back and listen to it, um, but probably a good thing because then we would like him too much and be sad when he gets 
And we're not sad at the end. So well, he got exactly what he wanted. Yeah. He, he got yeah. exactly what he wanted. <laughs> In yeah. the end. Ba-dum-bum. You are correct. Um, so, Brett. Me? Um, I would say, well, I briefly, Cave of Wonders, I think, is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think I like Prince Ali. You know, uh, you and I'm Kevin like Kulovic. I, you know. I took yeah. a I took a road trip to Chicago with Kevin Kulovic, and he not only played Prince Ali, <laughs> but sang it so loud, so embarrassingly loud, and knew every lyric in every wow. uh, up tempo area oh my part gosh. of that song. Yeah. If you want to hear him, when you see Kevin Kulovic, you know you just got to ask him to do Prince Ali, and he will go all. Forward. Oh wow, yeah. that is cool. It's such a cool scene because it's like again like well, this a presentation of this man. It's just so cool. Oh, and then Robin Williams gets to do you know all of his fun you know when they're playing all of the different characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yes. Um, Fabulous Harry, I love the feathers. I love that, <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> more uh, more on any of these scenes before I go. I guess I'm kind of rushing us all through our scenes. No, go ahead. Friend like me, man. That is uh, that to oh, me well, is yes. oh that song. <laughs> that, like when Robin Williams died. Like that's the that's the song I went back to. That is like the moment that encapsulated his career for me at that point. Like being, I mean, not like diving deep into Robin Williams' career as much then. Um, and then coming to learn some of the side stories about how uh, he was really upset at Disney for this film because he was paid a, a union rate and didn't take the money he probably could have for this role. But he said, as a trade-off to that, you can't use my voice in any of the licensing, like toys and things like that. And Disney wanted to make money. It was the Eisner era. In, like they, they decided to go against that. And so for a long time, um, Robin Williams kind of disavowed this movie. But uh, they did. Disney did publicly apologize after Katzenberg was kind of outed from the company. And sent him a Picasso. And sent him a Picasso. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Eisner sent him a Picasso. Um, but, uh, you know, it, like it's interesting that that's one of those characters that I really associate so much with Rob Williams and you don't like hear so much about those side stories because I was just a kid when all that was happening. I'm sure it was in the mm-hmm. news that Rob Williams was upset, but I, you know, but they also had recast his voice. I um, remember with the, tel- with the television series. Um, it's the guy from the Simpsons. It's I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought so when I was yeah. listening back. I remember when Return of Jafar came out, and I was just, like, so upset. Because you could tell it wasn't. And even in, in Prince of Thieves, I was excited. You could tell it was Robin. But all he did was dub over the lines that had already been recorded. So we didn't get any really any of that fun spontaneity that he has in his his line delivering his improvisations. So, I mean, what a bummer yeah. that we didn't get that with the second and third film. But. For sure. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad that Disney and him made amends because this is such, uh, Jeremy's word, iconic role for him and for Disney. I mean, uh, it's great that they maintained his voice and him doing the role for part of Happily Ever After. Like, you still hear Robin uh, in that in that show and like he'll always be in that park but how you know he he knew what he was also getting into and he yeah. knew the company mm-hmm. that he was working for mm-hmm. but at the same time you know you think that uh, you're going to get like if you're making a deal and that you've signed a contract you think that they're going to well, uphold yeah, their end of the bargain think, but how did they you know i think uh, i read that he was really hoping his next film toys 
would do well, and of, as none of us remember it. So, is that film? That's just a weird film. And it's interesting that he just it's, came off of Hook, and Hook didn't do well. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Hook is a Hook does is a, not make any bit. Of Hook sense. is absolutely a generational thing because I didn't know until recently that people didn't like that movie. Because again, I was a kid, and that is my Peter Pan. Like yes. I, I yes. put, I put Hook. Controversial, I know. I put Hook far above the Walt Disney Peter Pan. I it, to me, it is Agreed. my Peter Pan. Agreed. So, I'm with you, 100. percent We'll fight them all up. But like, if you get like, if you oh, were I in have your stars for both of you, if you were in your 20s or older when that film came out, mm-hmm. you were like, this is garbage. Like, you know, it's just really interesting. Like, um, it, it's just interesting the generational gap there uh, for for Hook. But <laughs> but yeah, no friend like me is just such a wonderful, wonderful encapsulation of everything Robin Williams and the song. <laughs> I was thinking, do, did you watch Toys after watching Aladdin? Because <laughs> I did as a child, and I was like, Mom, what's going Mom, on? Why is this terrible? Oh, so scary. Who is this man? <laughs> why? What um, a disappointment. It was like it was like Brett going to Artist Point for the last time. It was terrifying. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, oh, please. <laughs> oh, here I am. Now I'm all gone. Did you notice too? Because you mentioned Happily Ever After that there's this musical part of Friend Like Me and you don't hear Robin's voice and I was like on it like, no, please, please have this one. and then it cut sneaks in at the end of that uh-huh. song. Yeah. Oh, such a relief when I heard it because I was like, they cannot do this to me. I haven't seen that yet either. Oh, oh, it's so good. I know, projections. I'm going to like that. I'm excited. Sometimes I like to put on my virtual reality headset and watch it like I'm there, even though I'm not. That's amazing. (laughs) Everything about that's amazing. It's that good. I've never thought about doing that. I'm doing that tonight. Oh, do it. It's that good. Yeah, it's just I'm excited to get home to do that. (laughs) But, no, so I, I just think that there's so many great musical numbers, and we haven't even talked about Jasmine. We haven't talked about A Whole New World, which is such a, a great song. There. Nicole, I'll let you take it. Nicole. Tell so, me about A Whole New World. Show it to me. It was the song, I think we sang it three different times in choir growing up. <laughs> and I often ask my husband if we can do a duet of it, and he always says no. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Not, you should get on here, John. <laughs> but I just love that. That's a great yeah. moment. That's because it's about 50 years too new for John to like it. (laughs) That's what's really going on. If it was made in 1930, John would love it. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Side note. It just makes you want a magic carpet. And just... uh, (laughs) Absolutely. It's such a great It's a romantic moment in a Disney movie, I think. Because he did it for her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of love, too, that in in the animation of that song, you you know, Agrabah is uh, a made-up place. Sorry to tell Ooh. you. <laughs> but there's people who actually do believe it's real. Okay, get a map. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, or get out of your basket. Anyway. <laughs> okay, right, we're going to keep going. Um, but the, in that scene, you can see all these real landmarks, uh, mm-hmm. real-world landmarks. And you just That's a great love game. that. That here's these two characters that are both feel trapped, and here they are both experiencing the world, a whole new world. I love your perspective. Your perspective is so good. That's a really great perspective. This one will let me in the room. (laughs) (laughs) So... Take it up a notch. Anyway, so... Okay. Yeah. So good. What I like about A Whole New World... um, 
this is another Disney Parks thing, uh, but I think a completely underrated attraction or at least show in Disney is um, Mickey's PhilharMagic. And I love the part where A Whole New World comes in, right? Like, <laughs> I'm so pumped to see that in a few weeks. In a few weeks. <laughs> in a few um, weeks. I, like, I could watch that. I wish that it wasn't I wish that it wasn't in 3D because like I do like to watch POVs and stuff like that at the parks and you can't do that one because it's like all messed up and googly yeah. and and all that but like uh Mickey's PhilharMagic Oh, it's beautiful. It's and there's never the a wait. Best. There's yes. never a wait. And it's a nice and place to sleep if you really need to. Whoops, sorry. You won't sleep because it's that <laughs> good. It's, it's so, so good. It's so good. And, I went there to uh, nap when I was sick one time anyway. So. It's just a wonderful show. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, And it's cool that A Whole New World makes its way in there. So. Yes. And a little shout-out. Since we're at Disney Parks, a little shout-out to um, Disneyland and, in fact, Disney California Adventure, the, the Aladdin live show there at the Hyperion Theater, I think, maybe. Anyway, uh, it was uh, it was wonderful in a whole new world. Um, seeing it staged um, was it was gorgeous. Well, yes, they flew, and it was the first time I saw like kind of a I guess a newer technology, you know, in an actual stage show, watching them fly. But on the but on the back to your point, Vanessa, when they were like touring the world, they um, there was you know like this fog around the bottom, and then they had these um, miniatures of. Of the various like landmarks, and oh, they had cool. yeah. So it was kind of like mm, probably a la Lion King. They had these women in white, and they all had this, and they were so it was this kind of abstract ap- um, oh, representation nice. that was just a wonderful moment. Plus, the flying was cool too. Don't watch the YouTube's when they fall because that's not good. But anyway, the other stuff is really good. Yes, watch the whole thing on YouTube. It was amazing. Okay, go ahead. I still want to uh, get through quite a bit of characters and things like that, so I'm going to move us along. But Jonathan Freeman as Jafar, I love Jafar as a villain. I love him as a character because he was so maniacal. And, you know, like you mentioned, they did have some uh, early concepts where he was going to be much more zany, and he was going to almost like Kylo Ren break down a lot (laughs) and and do, like, these outrageous, uh, you know, uh, upset... um, diatribes and things and I'm glad that they kind of kept him as a quiet like very sinister villain he he really harkens back to me to the evil queen from Snow White like mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. these like really terrifying quiet maniacal villains I love him mm-hmm. as a villain mm-hmm. well, well was, go ahead well I, in the oh man now we're gonna have to start doing shots for this but in the bonus <laughs> feature <laughs> <laughs> yes we found your drinking game um, they were talking about Jafar and in the design of him, how they his face is very mask-like. Um, they specifically di- uh, designed him that way so that um, the characters who are around him cannot recognize what ah, his true cool. uh, motivations and true feelings are. And I thought that was so interesting because at the parks, most of the time, he is, um, what do you call it? The, the actual masked character, not the face. Yeah, he's right. not a face character. I mean, he's, he has been face character. For Halloween, or the... the, the Show for the Mm -hmm. show, but when you go do the meet and greet, he is masked, which kind of is confusing because you never know which Jafar you're going (laughs) to get. Terrifies Nicole. I will not meet. (laughs) I will not meet. Terrifying. Yeah. He has peanut peanut fingers. (laughs) Just so so we get the whole drinking game, I didn't ask Brenda Chapman's opinion of Jafar. uh, Oh, there we go. Maybe in a future interview. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, But no, I I just love him as a character. I love that, uh, how he was developed, and it's just awesome. Nicole, you're terrifying. Terrifying. He's terrifying. I love it. 
I love that he's terrifying. I don't know. It's cool, like, to have that, like... Because yeah. Beast, you feel empathy for. Mm-hmm. Gaston, you don't necessarily... Uh, okay, so I'll go through. Ursula, I never really got. I don't... Ursula's fine. Poor Unfortunate Souls, whatever. It's just She's not my somewhat likable. Yeah, yeah. I somewhat likable. And then... Um, she Beast has family issues. Beast obviously is okay. a villain, but, like, Gaston is the villain of that movie. and I'm still likable. Like, he's still very really <laughs> likable. But then you get Jafar, and <laughs> Jafar likely. leads us to Scar, who to me is also a wonderful villain. Like these two mm-hmm. are just so maniacal and menacing, and they're just great. Uh, so I really enjoy Jafar. Mm-hmm. Um, mentioned a little bit about uh, Linda Larkin as Jasmine. Uh, she isn't the highlight of this movie because it's about Aladdin. It's like one of the first that the Disney princess is kind of a, a secondary character, but she does a great job with it. I mean, I, I really enjoy Jasmine and I, I love uh, all the interactions that she has with multiple different characters and how she plays that like naive rich girl really well. Uh, you know, I enjoy her but as yet, a Disney still princess. Hint of feminism like, there. Exactly. I'm I like, like going, I very, is, yeah, I very much appreciated as a, a young, impressionable child, even though I wanted to dress way too sexy for my age because of Jasmine. <laughs> well, now they've um, covered her up in the, in the parks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank well, goodness. Yeah, if I have kids, more, they're not got more traditional, film. which is wonderful. Right. It never was, it never really was, you know, um, representative of, of, well, it's a, a fake place or it's right. an imaginary place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that this is like really rushed, but I'd love to get some final thoughts, anything else that you want to mention about Aladdin, because I do want to spend just a minute to talk about the remakes. Um, one thing I will mention in my final thoughts, I know that I'm coming off as like some like crazy liberal here this, this episode, um, but the one thing that's a bummer going back and watching it, and it's just a, as, as Brett always says, it's a encapsulation of the time. But if you look at it, all the villains have like crooked noses, and all the heroes are like lighter skinned, mm-hmm. and ha- mm-hmm. you know, like there's just there are some very um, there's a lot to be said about this movie uh, from a racial point of view that I think. I hope it's corrected in the remake, and I think it will be corrected in the remake. Um, but there, that's the one bummer. Like going back and watching this, this is like it becomes very apparent that like the darker skinned people are supposed to be the villains, and they look nasty, and they, you know what I mean. Like, so it's just a, it's just something that is a bit of a gripe for me. But again, putting in the, in the context of 1990 through 1992, that's I mean at least at least that this allowed for that story to be told to mm-hmm. a wide audience, which it probably wouldn't have been had Disney not picked it up. So I get it, but I see it both ways. But anything else that you want to mention or wrap up with this film? Brett, anything? Oh, just that point I was thinking um, today, you know, had um, would, well, obviously this film is being remade as a live action, but, you know, would it have been cast and we would, would we have experienced Robin, you know, Robin Williams, uh, whatever the today's version would be, um, you know, if the if that were being made now, and as you said, Scott Scott um, Scott Winger as you know, it's it's just a different time. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, so we can just appreciate it for what it is and where it uh, where it took us as children and as childlike people, yes, adults. So <laughs> I'm I'm really curious to see what the new Aladdin's going to be like because in my mind 
Aladdin is what it is because of Robin Williams and his humor. And I just, I kept thinking, if if Robin Williams hadn't done this movie, would I have even liked it at all? Um, I mean, I probably liked it because I love most things Disney anyway. But I wouldn't feel so strongly attached to it had Robin not done the, you know, the voice. And that really inspired a lot of the animation and a lot of the, you know, almost all the jokes and dialogue. So I might really offend Brett here. And I know that him and I have a have a thing. I think <laughs> I think if you take I think if you take Robin Williams out of this movie, it becomes Hercules. And mm. I just like I still enjoy Hercules, but it's one of those that I just never go back and, and revisit because yeah. it doesn't have that motivating character that really wants me to go back and revisit it. And I know it's one of your favorites, no, but no. but I think that that's what happens if you take Robin it's Williams out of this movie, it becomes Hercules. Yeah. To me. So and so now coming up, we do have another Aladdin without Robin Williams. So what is this film going to be? Well, and it's also be fresh, oh, fresh, uh, fresh prince. But, but that's right. But that's the right. genie is a fantasy character, and I don't know probably. Probably if you're looking at the Arabian Nights tales that they're that that's rather culturally specific um, if you're telling you know that that story from that perspective but but in where Robin Williams took this is kind of this universal character that can travel anywhere and throughout time and all this so if you make mm-hmm. it more of a fantasy character then perhaps Will Smith in that part um, you know will uh, give us everything we want absolutely Nicole any final thoughts well, I talked to you about this before, but um, the little storyteller at the beginning uh-huh. of the film today, probably because I just watched it as a kid so much, but that's also Robin Williams, and yeah. it is amazing and, and it's hilarious. All improvised. Yeah, the Tupperware. Used to quote the Tupperware. It there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the t- I listened to that t- today. I'm like going, <laughs> it's you know, still fresh. You know, I'm like going, oh my April. god, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, so, so good. So good. Everything about this movie uh, is in, it's wrapped up in him, and it's just so so great. Miss him so much. Um, but uh, so really quickly. One of the things I like about the new remake that's coming out, one of the things I like about the Disney remakes in general is that, like, as Brett was saying, this was a uh, capsulation in time. The studios were a lot different, so there was a lot of white actors playing uh, people of color. And in in these movies, they're kind of helping to correct that a bit. Uh, Mulan has a very uh, strong Asian cast. And um, for for this, they're, they're casting not necessarily people that are uh, Middle Eastern, like, right now, but they're of Middle Eastern descent. Uh, the person that's playing Aladdin is actually a Canadian actor, and you can go see him today in Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. I haven't seen him as an actor yet, and he's in the new Jack Ryan series on Amazon Prime that, that came out. Um, and then Naomi Scott uh, is actually an English singer, but she played uh, Kimberly the Pink Ranger in the new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which was a killer movie. I loved that movie. Um, it was so good, and I loved her as a character. Have you guys not seen it? No. It's so good. Go watch the Power Rangers. You know Rangers what's movie. funny about that is, Sorry, like, for a to... moment, I was like, "Sheesh, Craig, grow up! Don't watch these kids' films." Don't be, don't be like all <laughs> high horse about your yeah. childhood things. Uh, I, li- I like Power Rangers. Rangers. Is such a good film. Um, go back and watch it. Uh, and then, of course, I already the- have a list. <laughs> Will Smith uh, is playing the genie. 
as we talked about. And then uh, Marwan Kanzari is Jafar, and he, uh, I love this, I grabbed it from his bio. He won the Golden Calf for Best Actor Award at the Netherlands Film Festival. I want to you get a go. golden cow golden uh, for my acting. So if someone can hook that up, let me know. But I'm just excited to see huh. these remakes because I think it does do a lot to uh, allow for that culture to be seen through. Any other comments on the remakes? Are you excited? Are you not excited? Should Disney just quit trying to steal all of our money with these remakes? <laughs> or do you like that they're doing all these? Well, I think it'll be interesting, but Guy Ritchie is the director. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. That, that's a thing. That's interesting. It's a thing, yeah. I'm like going, well, he needs a hit too. So. <laughs> I'm like, between Will Smith and Guy Ritchie, they're going, okay, you know, we, this is it. This mansion is expensive. This is it. We got to keep this you going. Know, I'm like going, I can only live off Madonna money for so long. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Maybe I'm he's a material sh- guy. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm. I'll go see it, and but I'm just not sure about Will Smith. I'm just not. Yes, I, he would either have Will to be Smith really is good. Very hit or miss. Yeah. Can you imagine? I know. You know. I. I you think, love to get jiggy with it. I. Gosh. <laughs> I will tell you this. Na 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 na. I say this as a joke, but it is very deadly serious. His movies declined once he stopped putting music videos at the end of them because every movie he's in that has a music video attached to it, I love. I like Men in Black a lot. I, Wild Wild West is terrible, but I love it. Um, Hitch. Hitch is good. I like Hitch a lot. I, you know, so I, there's a lot of films that I'm just saying. Like I Am Legend could have been much better if it would have had a music video at the <laughs> so end. Do you of hear it. that? Um, Do you hear that? So I'm put. So they're going to write him an original song because they're going to want that Oscar nomination, and hopefully Will Smith can deliver. I, can you imagine what that audition process would have been for him? Oh my gosh! And who else was up for it? Do we know of anyone? Uh, I didn't do my research into that. I okay. I know that Will Smith was initially attached to Dumbo with Tim Burton, mm-hmm. and then there yeah. was kind of a backlash to that. And then, uh, of course, when this was announced, people wanted to burn down the internet. Um, and I get it because Robin Williams is a saint. You know, he's uh, you cannot remake that. So I hope that they go a completely different they direction. Have to, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It- we will soon find out. We will. Is there a date for that? Lovely Just 2019. Film? I think Mulan is the next slated live action movie to come out, though, so it might be late 2019. <gasps> After D23. D23. Maybe we'll, Maybe they'll all be th- Oh, I'm sorry. No, they'll, they'll definitely be there. 100% all these actors D20, will be there. Did I mention D23? Sorry. You think they're not going to have Will Smith show up at D23? Oh, my gosh. They've already got that on his calendar. Well, I'm, it's all in the And he's contracts. already in Bel Air, so he's not too far away. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Nicole. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Come on more often, and we'll definitely have a trip report from you, uh, you. in 2019. And you'll be able to see most of Galaxy's Edge while you're there. It'll be behind the screen. Oh, and my everything. gosh. Um, but I, yeah. <laughs> I know you're not that excited no, for not. it. But I think, honestly, I think your wait times are going to be nothing. Because I think everyone that summer is going to say, if I can only go once every five years, once a lifetime, I'm going to wait till Galaxy's Edge is open. I think the summer of 2019 might be a wonderful time to go because people are so. going to be mm-hmm. just people are going to be um, too excited to want to go and book a vacation then so maybe we should all go with you but um, <laughs> yeah so uh, thank you all so much for listening uh, one of you can you give our plugs Vanessa 
Our plugs. We need to write this out. You just go to the front row movie reviews dot com uh, for which we do daily. Our we site, do. and then also you can find us on social media. Yes, on Facebook at, at the front row at network. Front row. What he said exactly. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> and then I always encourage people to visit uh, and join Brett's group, uh, which you can say your name or your group. Dis and Central. Yeah. On Facebook, um, it is. It is. Um, you do have to make a request. <laughs> you Not do have to be yes. uh, granted access <laughs> to the group, but I'm it's such a wonderful group. Anyone. Well, it's just. Well, actually, it started off as just. Well, actually, it started off as this little place, you know, for for Central Illinois, which is where we are. Mm-hmm. Central Illinois and my friends that are Disney fans. It was their safe place where they could entirely Disney geek out. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll go international. So anyway, just. Ask for a request, to, you know, to join the group, and we'll see what happens. We'll probably let you Good in. Good luck. We'll probably let you in. So thank you all so much for joining us and for listening. Uh, this has been Beyond the Mouse for the Front Row Network, and I am Craig McFarland. I'm Brett Rutherford. I'm Vanessa Ferguson. I'm Nicole Seebeck. And we will see you real soon at a Disney park. Oh, my gosh. So excited, guys. So excited. We'll see you real soon in the front row. <laughs> <laughs>